Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, again, Fellowship Church, I want to welcome you and thank you so much for being here with us today. I got to tell you, I get so excited about this first week of the year. And it's not just the first week of a new year, it's the first week of a new decade. And we are starting a new series today uh, called 2020 Clear Vision. And today I want to speak to you from the subject 2020, a clear vision of change. Because I believe for every one of us in this room, we have some area in our life where we want to change. And you might not be into New Year's resolutions. Maybe you are, but, but I think for every one of us, if we were honest, there's something that we would like to see change from, from our life. And I wonder how many of you just be honest and say, that's me. There's some area I want change. All right. Well, would you pray with me before we dive into this today? Heavenly Father, please be with us today. We invite you right now to speak to us, God. We pray that uh, you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear you, our hearts to perceive what you want for us. So that this wouldn't just be another cute message on a weekend, but that God, you spoke to us in our lives, we're changed as a result of it. So please be with us today. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So uh, guys, today I want to speak to you uh, out of a text in our Bible called the book of Nehemiah. And uh, Nehemiah is a wonderful book all about leadership. In fact, if you're in leadership in any area of your life, I would uh, encourage you to make sure you study the book of Nehemiah because there's so many wonderful principles that we get out of it. But today I want to speak to you about a principle of change from Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah, just a little bit of backstory to catch up with where we're going to dive into scripture here in just a moment. Uh, Jerusalem had been broken down for 120 years. There was an exile. The, the people of Jerusalem had been kicked out of their home. They were starting to make their way back. And in that period of time, uh, the walls had been torn down around Jerusalem. So now there are people that are living back in Jerusalem, uh, but the, they're vulnerable. The walls have been torn down. And there's a man by the name of Nehemiah, uh, who was a Jewish man who uh, was working for the king of Persia as the cook cupbearer. So uh, he, he worked for the king of Persia and he came to find that, that the walls around Jerusalem had been torn down and immediately God began uh, impressing on him that there was a change that needed to happen, that there was a rebuilding that needed to happen. So he began crying out, God, would you give me the favor in order to be able, be able to make some changes, to go back to help my nation, to help my people. So uh, he asked the king of Persia, would you, would you send me to my home so I could I could do something about rebuilding the walls. And, and God gave him the favor to where the king of Persia said, okay, go ahead. So Nehemiah then went home. And he spent some time gathering people around and rallying the troops. Guys, everyone come and help us rebuild the wall. And I love that in this story, what we see is that there wasn't just a select group of people that began rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem, but everyone was involved. 
that the school teachers were involved and the, the stay-at-home moms and dads were involved and the blacksmiths were involved and everyone was involved in change. And you need to understand that when God begins moving, his intention is not just that some people get involved in change, but he wants everyone to get involved in change. See, God wants to multiply our work by bringing us together and, and using the work that, of our hands together to do so much more. So he wants everyone, whether you're, you're a single parent or, or whether you're a business owner, it doesn't matter where you are in life. God wants you to be able to see change happen in your life. So he's gathering all these people around him and they begin doing the work in, through a process that we read in, in the book of Nehemiah. We see that they come to rebuild the wall. And what I want to talk to you about today is that in this process of, of change, this process of rebuilding, they faced some big difficulties. That, that in the process of change, there were some big things that they had to deal with that they began to recognize, these, you can't change without these things. And I think it's important for us to look at and recognize that, that there's certain things that you can't change without because if we're not mindful of this, then we can get discouraged and we can want change and not actually see it. And don't you know that not everyone who wants change gets it, right? Not everyone who wants to be skinny ends up skinny, right? Not everyone who wants a good marriage ends up with a good marriage, not everyone who wants to be healthy ends up healthy. Not everyone who wants to follow Jesus with their life ends up following Jesus with their life. And the reason why is because there are certain things that come with change that if we're not mindful to them, when, when they happen to us, when, when they show up, they can discourage us and make us want to quit the process of change. So I want to go ahead and dive into this scripture, Nehemiah chapter four, starting in verse one, and we're going to look at what they learned here. We see first off, uh, it says this, verse one. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. I think we can stop right there and I can just point out, do you recognize that not everyone is going to be happy when you decide to change? That there are going to be people in your life, when, just the fact that you decide you want something different, they're not going to be okay with it. And, and when you decide to change, there's going to be people who get frustrated. And there, there are some young adults and some, some single adults in this room that I would just encourage you, if you decide you, you want to live your life pure and, and save yourself for your marriage, you want to make some changes in that area, just in doing that, there are going to be people who aren't happy about that. And it might only be one or two, but there are going to be some people that are frustrated with your decision to change. Man, some of you understand this just in coming to church. You decide, I, I want to make God a priority in my life. I want to start being at church every Sunday. Just that decision's probably got other people ticked off at you. What are you thinking? Why are you going to church this weekend? And, and we see that Sandballot immediately was upset about the fact that there's something that's always been this way and now there's gonna be a change. Not everyone's happy about that. So when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they, will they finish in a day? He begins questioning what they're gonna do. It's like, do, do they really think they're gonna get off that drug just because they went to church one time? 
Like, do they really think they're gonna fix their marriage just because they, they paid a counselor one time or they bought a book about it? Do, do they really think they're gonna become like super Christian just because they bought a devotional? Like, do they, do they really think they're, they're gonna lose all that weight just because they bought a gym membership and went one time? And he begins ridiculing them. And then we see the very next verse, it says, can they bring these stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? He's questioning like, look, what you're trying to fix, what you're trying to work on, it's broken, it's destroyed. Oh, wait a minute. That's the whole reason we need it fixed in the first place is because it's broken, right? And there's some of you here, you've got different areas of your life that feel broken, areas in your marriage that feel broken in your finances, your health, whatever, you fill in the blank. There's areas of your life like, I know this is the broken spot. The enemy will try to tell you, look, you can't fix it because it's broken. Like you're never gonna get a good marriage out of that man, he's broken. You're, you're never gonna get good health, your habits are broken. Like he will begin to tell you the, the very reason you need it fixed is because it's broken, but the enemy will try to flip that on you. And here's Sam Bosco, look, the, the walls are destroyed. He's trying to use the fact that they need help, that they need change as the, the accusation why they can't get it. Do you, think, do you think God can really use someone who's messed up as bad as they have? So there's, there's this ridiculing, there's this accusation. Then Tobiah, the Ammonite, this, so this is another spectator, right? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side said, what? what they are building, even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. So we've got one man ridiculing, another man comes up, he starts mocking like, look at this, what <laughs> look at that. What they're building, that ain't gonna last. You, you get a fox on there, do you, do you think this, that wall's gonna stand up if even a little fox runs across it? Like, <laughs> come on, you, you really think you're gonna change? <laughs> you, think, you think just because you bought some spandex pants and some running shoes, you're really gonna lose the weight this year? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be super Christian this year because you signed up for a small group. <laughs> and he begins mocking. And we see in this passage, it's like the people of God, this man, Nehemiah, decides, I want to see change. I need to rebuild something that was broken down in my past. Maybe for some of you in here that this year is a rebuilding year for you. Like some, some things got hurt, knocked over, broken down, and, and you're feeling from God, it's time to rebuild, okay? Maybe it's doing something new. Maybe it's a change, and the enemy is coming and being ridiculed, and all these things. And it's like what we find out from this passage that, that many of us need to understand is that in the process of change, the Israelites ended up with a couple things that came with the change that you and I end up facing when we try to change. That if we don't recognize this, that we don't become mindful of it, it'll hurt us and it can even derail our process of change. So I wanna give you four things in the, the moments that we have together on this first Sunday of the year. These are four things you need to understand. You can't change without these four things. They're part of the process, they happen. The first thing you can't change without is criticism. Here's someone like, oh yay, that, that sounds fun. That's what I want. But we need to understand this because if we don't understand that criticism comes with the process of change, then we'll get discouraged and we'll quit. Don't you recognize any time you try to do something new, any time you try to change, the enemy is going to try to stop you and the first way he'll do it is he'll try to talk you down. He will try to criticize you. 
And the Bible says that their walls are built halfway up. And then this criticism comes. See, the enemy's not gonna criticize you if you're not doing anything. If you're just sitting on the couch, you know, staying comfortable, he's not gonna criticize you for that. It's when you decide that you're gonna do something different, something against the status quo, something against the norm. When you decide to do something different, that is when the criticism comes. And this is why it comes. When we are criticized, we're criticized because we are doing things that other people aren't willing to do. And in the process of change, when you say, I wanna do things different, I wanna change, I wanna see growth in my life, then people start to criticize you because when God starts to strengthen you in an area, what it does is it makes people feel like they're being called out in the weakness that they have in their life. And when you start saying, okay, I'm gonna work on these areas of weakness, I'm gonna get stronger, it's like, wait, why does my success have anything to do with you? But from the mind of the enemy, which he tries to turn it around, when you start doing the right things that God wants you to do, it's calling out the weaknesses in other people. And it's so much easier to, to make you try to get off the treadmill than, than for me to get up and get on the treadmill myself, right? It's a lot easier. So you'll have people, and, and there are many of you, you've experienced this, you're like, okay, I'm gonna start doing things different. My finances have been a mess. I've heard all about trusting God with my money, so I'm gonna do that. And, and you start to give, and you start to become generous, and then people hear about it, and they're like, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Churches, they just talk about money and they're criticizing you. Why? Because your generosity is calling out the greed in them. And when that happens, it's like, whoa, it is a lot easier for me to mock you and to try to pull you down than for me to try to climb up to where you're at right now. And there's a lot of us that we don't get that fight in us where we, we just see it like, why are you attacking me? I'm trying to change. I'm trying to do something. This is too hard. But we don't recognize, wait, there's an enemy and the enemy's trying to say, like, like, why are you working on your marriage? Like, why are you reading that book? Don't you know it's her problem? Don't you know it's his problem? And the enemy will try to, to criticize you. It's like, why are you doing all that? Is she making you go to counseling? Like, as this is happening, what, what's going on here is that, that your willingness to move forward is calling out the weakness of the fact that I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Now, let me just hit the pause button for a moment. But talking about criticism, we got to stop for a moment and just say, you know, there is a thing of good criticism, constructive criticism. What I mean by that is like, your boss is not a hater, right? So he's always hating on me. No, you just need to show up to work on time, right? He pays you to be there at nine. Be there at nine, right? It's like, He's not trying to hurt you. He's not hating on you. It's like there's a such thing as, as a critique that builds you. That, that's good. You'll have people in your life who will coach you and build you. That's not what we're talking about today. I'm talking about criticism that's supposed to stand, that is meant to stand in your way and destroy what God is doing in you. And the enemy will send criticism to try to destroy you. And see, Sanballat and Tobiah, it's like they're walking around. They see the same walls that the, the, the Jewish people saw and they weren't willing to do anything about it. They weren't willing to work. So it's a lot easier like, ah, oh, you guys aren't gonna be able to do anything about that. I've tried, like you can't, you can't build a wall. It's gonna fall over. It's, like, it's so much easier to criticize than it is to, to stand up and do the hard work. And we gotta recognize that if we want to see change in our lives, that, that change comes with criticism. And see, I think for so many of us, we gotta get a little bit of fight in us and recognize that, 
that when we decide to change, people are going to have something to say about it. And we got to start flipping around and turning around on them. Sort of like, well, you going to church on Sunday? Why, why are you going to get up and go to church on Sunday? What's up with you? And instead of just being like, I don't know. How about you come to church with me? How about instead of you having a problem and trying to divide our relationship simply because like you don't like what I'm doing, how about you join with me and we grow together and we move forward. And whether or not they decide to come with you, listen, I'm going to change and I want God to move in my life. And you can like it or not like it, but you can be a part of it or not be a part of it, but I'm still going to change. Man, I hope and pray that God could give us some backbone this year. A little bit of boldness to stand up, not stick our heads in the ground and just be like, I, don't, I want everyone to like me and everyone to be nice to me. And like, we're in a battle, people. We got to recognize there's an enemy. He doesn't want you to change. He doesn't want you to be successful. He doesn't want you to take over the business. He doesn't want your kids to thrive. So he comes, number one, anytime you try to change, he comes with criticism. And if he can't break you down with criticism, the next thing he'll try because every change comes with a challenge. If you can't tear you down with words, he will try to push you down with a challenge. Change comes with challenge. You can't have change without challenge. The Bible says this, so we rebuilt the wall until it reached half of its height, but the people worked with all of their heart. And when Sambalat, Tobiah, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead, and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry, and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against them. So this is a direct challenge now. They began the work, and then they, they received criticism. That wasn't enough, so now there's a direct challenge, a threat against them, and don't you know that so many of us have gotten confused when we try to change because it's not easy. Because wait a minute, I wasn't expecting this to be difficult. Why is there a fight here? Why is there a challenge here? I, I was just trying to go to church and it's like now all of a sudden things are difficult. Don't you recognize whenever you decide to change, it's gonna be difficult. If you, if you say, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get up in the morning and I'm gonna start reading my Bible. It's when you decide that the challenge comes and now all of a sudden you didn't get a good night's sleep before and your alarm goes off and you're mad at your alarm. I can't get up this early, it's too dark outside. I don't, it's like you're more tired than you've ever been before. It's like, you wanna get your finances in order and you're like, this is the year I cut up my credit cards, I'm ready to rock and then you go to the store and it's on sale. Honey, the dress I wanted is on sale. Like, no, this is the year. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do good. And it's like, oh, I didn't know they had a promotion where they give me a free dessert at the end of my, it's free. I'm just going to have, it's just this one time. Just what, what's a brownie going to hurt, right? It's a challenge. And we get so dis discouraged sometimes because I wanted to make a change. I thought it would be easy. And now all of a sudden it's, it, there's a fight, something threatening to stop me. And it's like, we, we have hopes for the way we expect things to happen, but then there's a challenge. It's like, 
I, I wanted to just trust God with my money and I had a certain look of the way that would be. It's like, so I, I'm receiving criticism for it. So I start tithing. It's like, I, I'm just expecting because people get weird things in their head. It's like, since I tithe, what that means, uh, certainly I'm going to go home and I, in the publisher's clearinghouse, people are going to be there with a check and they're going to like, like then my bank's going to call me and be like, you know what? We just lost your loan documents and stuff. So we're just going to call your house free. And it's like, things are just going to get, I'm going to get a promotion at work. It's like, we get this idea of what's, going to happen in our head. Instead of going home and finding a check in the mail, you get a bill in the mail because your kids went over on data and now you owe an extra hundred bucks and I want to kill my kids now. And all I was trying to do is follow Jesus. Because it's a challenge. It's a challenge. See, we, we have to recognize the enemy is going to do everything he can to talk you down. I'm going to criticize you. And if you can't do that, the next thing we got to understand is it comes with the challenge. I'm going to try to push you down and get you to stop. And, and, and that brings us to the third thing is that we have to recognize I can't change without criticism. I can't change without a challenge. And number three, I can't change without discomfort. I mean, I wish I really wanted to, this to be like every word start with C, you know, like, Good, good beginning of the year message to remember, but, but the truth is you can't change with comfort. So like any, any time you change for, for the better, that is, it's gonna be uncomfortable. And, and, and we have to recognize this, that a lot of times what we're, we're battled against is we, we want change and then it becomes uncomfortable and we go, no, I'd rather be comfortable than change. And a lot of us, we, we quit because every time it gets difficult, Every time it's uncomfortable, it's like, I don't know. I, I think I might just rather go back to, to how I was doing things before. And see, anytime you're doing anything in your life that, that, that matters for change, it's going to be uncomfortable. If you say, I'm going to work on a budget and I'm going to handle my finances different, it, it's difficult. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's like you, you start to pray, God, like, I, I want to see some changes in my marriage, and would you just fix her? There's so much going on with her. And then God starts talking to you about, okay, what, we're going to work on you instead. <laughs> Amen, my wife says. <laughs> it's like, we're going to work on you instead. It's like, whoa, that's uncomfortable. Like, wait a minute, I, I wanted you to just fix all these problems around me. And all of a sudden, God starts working on things in you, and you're like, well, I didn't expect this to be this uncomfortable, right? You're like, hold on a minute. It's like, and then we start to recognize following Jesus. Jesus said a lot of things that were really uncomfortable. He said, he said things like, I want you to bless those who curse you. Bless those that curse me. I don't want to bless them. I want to punch them in the face. They cursed me, right? That's uncomfortable. Like, like he says things like, and do good to those who despitefully use you. Well, they use me. I don't want to do good. They've already, they've already gotten what they need to get from me. It's like, and then some, it's like, but I'm supposed to do good. Wait a minute. He says, like, I want you to submit to all authority. Well, that's uncomfortable. All authority. Hold on a minute. It's like, I voted for some of these people, but I didn't vote for others. So like, I, I, I'll, I'll submit to some, but the others, like, I, I don't know. I think I'd rather just keep my bumper sticker on my car and let people know how I think. You know, that's more comfortable, right? Like, a lot of times what God will ask us to do and change, it, it, it becomes incredibly uncomfortable. But here, here's the struggle we deal with as humans. We all fight for comfort. 
I mean, it, in our society, in our culture, we, we pay for a more comfortable car, a more comfortable home, a more, more, more comfortable vacation, more comfortable clothes, more comfortable. We want our lives to be easy. I'll buy the digital assistance. I'll do everything to make myself more comfortable. But here's what we start to recognize as we struggle in life, is we start to recognize, I really don't want comfort. I fight for it, but I don't want the byproduct of comfort. So because every time I, I, I end up with the results of my comfort, I don't like the results. And the truth is, you know that the problems you have are a result of, of choosing to stay comfortable. That if you look at the problems in your marriage, you got the problems in your marriage because of your comfort. And your comfort got you the health problems that you're dealing with. And your comfort got you the addiction that you're struggling with and your, your comfort got you the feelings of sadness and depression that you're fighting with in the middle of the night. It's, it, it, it's such a weird thing. It's, and it's like, in, as long as we're trying to live life where on one hand we're saying, I really wanna be comfortable. On the other hand, we're saying, God, I want change. We're gonna be at war with ourselves because we need to embrace the fact that if you want change in your life, it's going to be uncomfortable. Nehemiah said it this way. We, we see here, starting in verse 14, after I looked, these, uh, looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And let me remind you that your God is great and awesome and he can still do a work in you. So don't remember the difficulties, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord this year, that he still has a plan for your life. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And when the, our enemy heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. In the middle of a fight, they all got back up and, and did what they were supposed to do. You, sometimes you just gotta shake it off and you gotta get back to work. Sometimes you just gotta shake off the battles you're dealing with in your marriage and just go back to loving on one another. Sometimes you just gotta shake off the difficulty and get back to work. From that day on, half of the men did the work while the other half equipped with spears and shields, bows and armors, armor. The officers posted themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. Now watch this. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon with the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. Man, so you got, it'd be a lot more comfortable to just do the work, right? To hold the trowel and the brick. It'd be a lot more comfortable if you're fighting to just fight, but but what we see here is for them to experience change, God was showing us the principle that sometimes you have to work on building things in your life all the while at the exact same time you are fighting off the enemy on the other hand. It's like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna start working on my marriage, but I need to fight off discouragement. And I, I'm gonna start working on my health, but I need to fight off these temptations that keep coming up and recognize it's uncomfortable and it'd be easy if we could just focus on one thing, but since we're in a battle, we have to do both at the same time. And I gotta tell you, some of us, we are, we are taking it way too easy and not taking up enough, a serious enough attitude when it comes to our faith. Because we see here that, that he says, neither I nor my brothers nor the men nor the guards, who, uh, guards with me took off their clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. 
He's saying, catch this, I recognize I'm in a battle, so I'm not gonna let my guard down. Since I want change, I'm not gonna let my guard down. And some of us, we're taking our faith way too lightly where we're going, I wanna work on my marriage, but then we let our guards down and we're having casual conversations with people we should never have casual conversations with. Or we're going, I really want to grow in my faith and learn scripture. And then we're, we're turning on the TV or getting on social media and allowing streams of influence in. You go, why am I getting so beat up? Why am I not having success here? And he's going, listen, you got to build with one hand and you got to fight with the other. And it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be difficult. Like some things in life are just tough. Like in my family, we call it the suck factor. It's like, sorry if that offends you. Come back next week. I won't say sucks, right? <laughs> but, but it's like, we, we've learned to just go. There are certain things in life that if you want change, it's going to be difficult. So we'll tell our girls, girls, be prepared. This is going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. And if you look back on your life, you go, when you're having family dinners and you're talking about the great memories of life, you're never talking about the times where you're like, everything was just easy. And remember that one vacation where we just sat there in the comfy chair and, and, and I had a warm blanket and everything. No, we remember the times like, remember the time when, when the, we got a flat tire and we had to walk through the mud and it was raining and it was difficult and the dogs, like we lost the dogs. So we had to ch chase the dog through the woods because it was difficult. It's like, we start to recognize that life is not lived in the comfort zone. Life is lived when you're uncomfortable. So sometimes we just got to embrace it if we want change. So church family, you need to know if you want change this year, number one, it's not going to come without criticism. It won't come, number two, without challenges. It won't come without discomfort. And then the last thing, number four, it won't come without consistency. Change will not occur without consistency. You don't just go to the gym one time and expect that your life will change. You don't just go to church when you feel like it and expect that you're gonna grow fully in your walk with God. Like, like it takes consistency. In fact, it's the times when you don't feel like it when change occurs. The times you don't feel like abstaining from that sin when change occurs. It's the, it's the times when you don't feel like getting up and working out when, when you get up and work out anyway. It's the times you don't feel like loving on your spouse and, and, and meeting their needs when, when you do it anyways. That, that's when change occurs. And church family, if you would, in closing, if you'd stand to your feet with me, I want to read you one more scripture that I believe to, to sum up the story of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall, I believe is so powerful for you and I today. And it says this, all the way to Nehemiah chapter six, verse 15, it says, so the wall was completed on the 25th day, uh, 20, 25th of Elul in 52 days. Let me put that out there in English, okay? It, it translates to on October 2nd. So basically saying, on October 2nd, just 52 days after the work had begun, we finished the wall. Now let me ask you something. Was there anything special about October 2nd? No. I mean, sorry if that's your birthday, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> But there's, there's nothing special about October 2nd. There's nothing special about the fact that it took 52 days. What we see occurred here that's so important for us to understand is there was an end date. 
that what happened is every day they got up because they wanted to see change. So every day they got up and they went to work and they worked on rebuilding something that was broken down. They worked on that change. They stayed faithful to what God wanted them to do. And they did it in the face of criticism. They did it in the face of challenges. They were uncomfortable the entire way that they did this. And every day they got up and did it again. And on day one, they saw some change. On day three, they saw a little bit. And on day 17, they did. And it's like all throughout. And then finally what happened is one day they went out side and they looked at the wall they're like look we're done we did it we got to see change and, and this is what I need our, our God needs our church to hear this is what I believe he's been speaking to me for my own personal life and what he's speaking to us in our churches we need to understand that God is telling us if we will just stay consistent in the face of criticism and challenges and discomfort and do what he wants us to do there's going to be a day this year or maybe next year who knows when but you're going to get up and you're going to look around and go look God rebuilt my marriage marriage. And look, God saved my marriage. And look, God saved my finances. And look, the change is done. Why? Because you stay consistent in the work that he's doing in you. And you're going to look around and you're going to say, well, look, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Let me pray for you, church. Heavenly Father, we stand humbled by the fact that you want to do a work, a work in our lives. And we stand here at the beginning of a new year believing that, that God says, you want to see the change happen in our lives? We're, we're going to see it happen. So God, we pray that we would cooperate with that. We pray that you give us some backbone in this room to be able to withstand the criticism, the challenges, the discomfort so that every day we can consistently do what you want us to do. I know that you're speaking to each of us differently about what you want to change in us and how you want to see us bettered in life. So God, I pray that we'd see that happen in each of our lives. So be with us. Bless us, God. We pray that, that this year, 2020, would be the, the best year of blessing we've ever experienced in our life. It wouldn't be like struggles we've had in the past, but, but we could have new successes this year. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise before we go. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10:9. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.